You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Mavs. Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, my name is Isaac Harris. I am the editor at the Smoking Cuban and writer at Mavs.com for the Dallas Mavericks. And I am not joined by Nick Angstead today. Uh, Nick is a writer, a podcaster, a everything you can imagine. He wears many different hats. A very talented guy and my partner here um, for uh, hosting the Lockdown Mavericks podcast. But he has taken the week off. That's why you're not hearing his voice. You heard him on Monday because we record uh, recorded that on Sunday night. But he's taking the week off uh, to tend to some personal stuff, kind of take a cleanse this week uh, from some things. And uh, yeah, so you're, you're stuck with me this week uh, for tonight, for today. I'm riding solo, so it might not be a hour-long podcast. Lord, I don't think my voice can last that long. Uh, but I don't know. I'll try to. I try to at least go thirty minutes. Got some things to cover and uh, to chat about. But yeah, we should. It took a day off yesterday. Has some uh, friends in town visiting from out of state. They're actually still here. So if you hear some people yelling in the background, everyone every now and then, uh, that could be uh, it. Could be them enjoying themselves. But uh, anyway, no, we have some cool things planned over the next couple of days. Uh, I'm having lunch with somebody uh, tomorrow. And uh, recording a podcast also here in Dallas. So I think you guys will enjoy that. I'm pretty confident you'll enjoy that conversation. So uh, we'll leave that at that. And then, yeah, I got something for Thursday. So next couple of days, we'll keep you uh, keep you going for the rest of the week. But today, I'm going to talk about a couple of different things. Uh, I want to talk about the Wesley Matthews uh, update injury thing uh, that came out over the past day or so and I'm also going to take most of my time and look at the NCAA tournament and the bracket that just came out if you're like me you are filling out a thousand brackets whether you're at your job or for fun or with family or whoever it is I like college basketball I'll whisper that I like college basketball um, not as much as the NBA because the NBA is um, far superior talent and I enjoy watching the NBA a lot more. But March Madness is always fun. My only thing with March Madness, and this is like a rant that I can't, I don't want to go down too much, but I don't think you can say the best team wins every year. And twin in the NBA, I feel like you can always say that. You can always say this is the best team that wins every single year because – it's a series, and you prove more through a series. March Madness, a team might get hot, or a team that might be the far superior talented team, um, you know, like a Duke or uh, whatever it is, or a Michigan State or a Virginia or something like that. They might got get beat by somebody like a Lehigh. Shout out to all you Dukies. <laughs> um, and then, you know, obviously then Dukes is gone. And it's like, well, that team had so much talent. They could be. So anyway, it's there's so much stuff that goes into March Madness, but it's fun. So it's always a, a super fun thing to do. We're doing a, a bracket challenge thing at the Smoking Cuban. Now, if you go to our Twitter, uh, we're, we're doing it through CBS. We did this last year. 
you know, through ESPN. And we're doing it through CBS this year to where the winner, uh, whoever guesses the right amount of games and gets them out, you know, the most points in this bracket challenge, they will, uh, we have some Mavs merchandise, some gear to hand out to the winner. Uh, it's just something fun we do with the fans, something we do to interact and all that jazz. But anyway, so let's just, uh, normally, Nick, if you are loyal, which I'm assuming most of you are, we have a fairly amount, a good amount of people that listen to this podcast. It's crazy when we came on board, go down this rant here, but not really a rant, but when we came on board, we came on board last May to the Lockdown Network, Nick and I, and we're like, man, like, you know, I did a podcast before at the Smoking Cuban, and we did that for a little bit. It was a three-way podcast, had some great guys, and uh, super really enjoyed it. And then did some podcasts here and there, just made some guest appearances, whatever. And then when Nick and I came together and this whole thing with lockdown, I was like, man, every day, man, this is going to be a grind. And, you know, it's kind of on the fence about it. But then we started rolling and I was like, man, this is actually pretty fun. And now we are, guys, we're getting really close to 200 episodes since Nick and I have came on board. So anyway, I'm trying to convince Nick to, for us to do something fun for our 200th episode. So if you have a suggestion, holler at me. Holler at your boy. I'm trying to think of something cool because that's a lot of podcast episodes. And a lot of these went over an hour. So if you start doing your math on if you just want to shoot for the hour mark and 200 hours worth of podcasting. And since May, May is just around the corner. And that, that would be a full year worth of doing a podcast normally five times a week, sometimes three times a week, something like that. But usually it's five times a week. And that's a lot of talking, a lot of podcast, but we enjoy it. And uh, I honestly do enjoy it. My wife knows I enjoy it, My, uh, that I enjoy it. Nick's wife knows he enjoys it. We talk to each other sometimes more than our wives at, uh, at night sometimes. And it's funny, and but it's something we enjoy. And we like putting the grind into that. We that's why sometimes we do love hearing the feedback on Twitter and stuff like that. I usually always reply to DMs or whatever saying, man, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, because uh, we do um, do homework and then record. And a lot of times that's super late at night, like midnight and something. And but uh, we enjoy it. And it's it's a lot of fun and we enjoy doing that. But normally Nick asked me, Isaac, what you got for me? And if you listened to Sunday night's podcast, which is which was Monday's podcast, you know that I was going on Monday with my wife to find out the gender of the baby. I think I've been more nervous. I'm trying to think. So when you get nervous for things in life, a lot of times you get nervous on things you don't know the outcome to, obviously. But like, normally the outcome is either like good or bad. So you might get nervous for like a big basketball game. Like when I played basketball back in high school, I get nervous for like a big game because you don't want to like suck. You don't want to lose the game. Or you might get nervous for like a proposal because you don't want them to like say, no, there's a good and bad outcome. Well, it's like a girl and a boy, like I'm going to be super excited either way, but I'm still nervous as heck. And so I'm going to sum this story down because it was a very eventful day. And so we go to the, we go to the doctor's appointment and they couldn't tell us. And we're like, we're like freaking out the baby's legs. They're moving, it's moving around in there, but the legs are closed. They can't do nothing about it. 
and I'm, I mean, I'm hot. I'm mad. My wife's upset. Like, oh my gosh, they worked with us a little bit. And it's like, no, I'm so sorry. We can't find out. And, you know, you're just going to have to wait a couple more weeks. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I can't wait any longer. And, but anyway, so we, so we had, we obviously have, we had friends that flew in from Kentucky. My wife's best friend, her husband, they're here. They're waiting to see the gender too. Of course, all of our family back home, like our our parents and friends, everything's like waiting on their phones. They don't want to know a boy, girl, all this stuff. And obviously, we couldn't we couldn't figure it out. And uh, we were we were upset. And we walked out of the place, and I said, "There's no way," because my wife's at 19 weeks pregnant, pregnant, and like we're going to find out today. So we start calling all of these. 4D places, all these different baby places in, around the Dallas area looking for a place that we could get another ultrasound, one of these high def, all this stuff. Long story short, we found this great place uh, in McKinney, Texas, and it was awesome. It was, it was, it, I mean, it was beyond what we expected. You know, obviously we had to pay for it and had the ultrasound it was like super high def we saw the baby sucking his thumb and like kicking its legs and all this stuff and yeah they're like oh yeah this is pretty easy it's a boy and so we were we were super uh, excited it was emotional shed a few tears uh, gonna be a dad uh, to a baby boy so um yeah it's it's crazy it's wild it's a wild ride if obviously if you have kids, you know that what this is about. Uh, if you don't, man, um, I like sharing some of the different stuff like this because I think it's cool to see um, how the journey works sometimes and kind of the emotions that come with it. And I don't know, I like giving you a glimpse into my life too outside of the Mavericks because a lot of stuff in my life, what I believe in and um, yeah, personal goals and stuff mean a lot to me and more. So Anyway, that's me. My wife and I are having a boy, and uh, a lot of you have reached out on Twitter, social media and stuff, and I was like, oh my gosh, congratulations. I posted something on Twitter, but we're super excited about that. Uh, I'll I'll drop in here and there, give different updates on different things, but uh, yeah, we'll look forward to seeing this little Maverick pop out later on this fall. But um, all right, let's get to Mavs news. I'm like 10 minutes in by myself, and I still haven't gotten to Mavs news, so if you're a new listener... I'm super sorry. Not really, but kind of. Wesley Matthews is reportedly out for the year. Got an email. Well, I think, uh, well, Shams for Yahoo tweeted out first, and then uh, a couple hours later, got an email from the Mavericks. It was official uh, press release. I'll just read it word for word. The Dallas Mavericks announced today that guard Wesley Matthews sustained a fracture to his right proximal fibula during the first period of the game versus Memphis on Friday, March 10th. At this time, there's no timetable for his return. This is um, Shams and Tim McMahon from ESPN both reported that he will be out for the remainder of the season. That it it sounds crazy, but there's only like 15 games left. Full disclosure, I'm taping this before the Knicks game on Tuesday night. So, yeah, roughly 15 games left. Um... Yeah, a lot of people uh, takeaways from this injury. A lot of people are looking at it and say, hey, Team Tank's gone. They're just setting him. There's all this stuff. The injury's there. That's a given. Um, 
it, but then I don't know. You kind of, if there are any doubters, here's my personal take on it. If there are any any of you out there that thought there was a chance of Wes opting out, um, that should be squashed now. No matter if you want that or not, but with an injury like this, a fracture in in your fibula, I, I, I can't. You're not going to give up eighteen point six million dollar play option. Didn't think that was going to happen before. Most everybody agreed with that. It's definitely not going to happen now, barring something crazy. Um, but yeah, I don't. There's not really much else to talk about it. We're probably not going to see him for the rest of the year. I think Eddie Sefko from the Dallas Morning News tweeted out something. Hey, don't be surprised if he tries to play at some point this season, whether it's the last game of the season, because we know he is his his nickname is Iron Man. So we know how hard he wants to get back on the court and how much that means to him. So. We'll see. We'll see how that turns out with him. But for now, he is out, and he probably will be out for the rest of the year. And we'll see how that affects the Mavericks and their record and this whole everything evolves around this first-round draft pick. So speaking of that, less transition. Brackets came out, and if you're like me, you are filling them out, filling a 1,000 brackets out on your phone on – on paper, I still love writing on paper. It's I enjoy doing that the most. I always do something with my dad every year, doing something at work, uh, family, friends, filling them out, money, not money, whatever it is. It's always super fun. College basketball is fun. This whole tournament is fun. But for Mavericks fans, you couldn't really, I don't think you could ask for anything better. And because as soon as the brackets came out on Sunday night, I wrote a piece in literally like 10 minutes and just hit all the main points and takeaways, if you're a Mavericks fan, of what to get excited for, maybe what to watch for, just instant takeaways from potential matchups and all the top prospects. So this is what's crazy about it is I'm pulling up the, the draft board right now. Is There was some danger to where some of these prospects were not going to be in the draft and or not were not going to be in the tournament. When you look at the top prospects in a draft, if you are an NBA guy or you know your team is having a bad year and stuff, you look at March Madness, you're like, oh man, maybe I could watch somebody that could potentially be on my team next year. So when you look at the tournament, it's crazy how many of these guys made the tournament. Almost all of them, except Luca, obviously, because he can't. But just going on through there, DeAndre Aiden in, Port Michael Porter Jr. in, Jaron Jackson in, Bagley in, Trey Young snuck in. Mobamba, Texas, whatever you think. They they got in too. Wendell Carter, uh, Mikel Bridges, Miles Bridges, Colin Sexton, Zara Smith and from Texas Tech. They're in as a three seed. Robert Williams, Kevin Knox, Gilgis Alexander, Daniel Gafford. Keep on going down. I mean, we're we're talking like outside of the some of the international prospects, almost all of these guys. I mean, you have to go down. I mean, Lonnie Walker's in um Jacob Evans from Cincinnati, Jalen Brunson, Bates Jopp from Ohio State, Gary Chan Jr., Duke, uh, Kyrie Thomas and Creighton. Like, I mean, you just keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on going down. So that's what's kind of really cool as a as a fan of a team that with a lottery pick, with I mean, even a top 10 to 15 pick, you could very well be watching the prospect in this draft or, or that is going to be on your team in the tournament coming up. So that part's uh, pretty cool. And so let's take a look at some of the bracket, how the bracket uh, kind of fell into place and maybe some things to look at as a Mavs fan. So 
if you look at the very top of the bracket, Villanova or Virginia gets the number one seed coming out of ACC. Obviously, I'm a huge North Carolina Tar Heel fan. I feel like I should just address this right now, why I'm a Tar Heel fan. I've talked about this on a pod like a year ago. Some down version. My dad grew up, or my dad was a huge NBA fan. I grew up in Kentucky, so you're like, why are you not a diehard University of Kentucky fan? Grew up in Kentucky. My dad was all NBA. So my dad was, when, he, when, when I say he was a Jordan fan, it's not just like everybody, okay? And I'm, not, I'm saying that lightly. We have a life-size cardboard stand-up of Jordan. We have all, the, all these posters, everything, have all the different types of jerseys. We have containers in my dad's house back home in Kentucky of every televised Michael Jordan game like in like the late 90s so like we have multiple containers to where it's his vhs tapes just stacks on stacks on stacks with like three or four games each on each vhs tape so you like pick it up and it has the label and it's like bulls at knicks march you know blah blah blah. bulls at orlando blah blah i mean literally that's what it is so if you want to watch tapes of michael jordan just go to my dad's house and find a vcr if you can find one of those somewhere if somebody still uses them so anyway, I grew up all Michael Jordan. And what was the one jersey outside of the Bulls that outside of the Chicago White Sox, obviously, and then Wizards later on, the one jersey I would see Michael Jordan in is North Carolina Tar Heel jersey. So it's like Jordan, 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 Jordan was my life. Oh man, he that's college? Like that was where he went to college. Well, I'm a I'm a fan of North Carolina Tar Heels. That's who I am. And I, I don't care about Kentucky. North Carolina Tar Heels. So that's how my love for the Tar Heels was born. And then over time, Vince Carter obviously went to North Carolina. That was my first like true love in the NBA besides besides Jordan. He's my favorite player of all time. Vince Carter is. And then teams, you know, started coming after that with McCants and Sean May team and all this stuff, Tyler Hansborough, and just so it started off with Jordan, and now we're here. And sometimes people get confused, I'm like, well, "Why are you a huge Tar Heel fan?" I'm like, "Listen, it started off back in the '90s, and I was just like obsessed with them, and it's been ever since then. They have been my uh, my guys. Even though I didn't go to college there, obviously I didn't. I went to Liberty University in uh, Lynchburg, Virginia, for college. Um, but but yeah, the Tar Heels are my guys. So back to this. Virginia, heck of a team this year. I watch the ACC a lot, so obviously I watch Carolina a lot. But Virginia's a crazy team. They're a little bit better. They're a little bit different than what they're used to be doing. Uh, what they're used to, though, and a lot of teams, a lot of times we look at them like, oh, they only play defense, or they might fall to the tournament, stuff like that. I get that, and I'm a little skeptical, a little bit. But this team's a little bit different than these past Virginia teams. But if you look at that top South region as a Mavs fan and you say, Isaac, I don't watch college basketball. What do I need to watch for? Well, so Virginia gets the top seed. Cincinnati gets the second seed. And then you start going up. Tennessee team. But the big matchup is Kentucky just won, just ran through the SEC tournament. I get it. It's the SEC. Okay. And when I say I get it, they they had eight teams and they made the tournament. They're just not they're just not like powerhouse, top three seed type of teams. So I think Auburn's a four seed, and you know they were the outright they were the number one seed in the SEC tournament. 
Kentucky makes the run in the tournament. They win. They win pretty convincingly, and they look like they've maybe turned a corner. They get the fifth seed. Arizona, with the number one prospect, and in my opinion, I've made that known, he should be the number one pick in the draft, DeAndre Ayton, gets the fourth seed. So that means if they both win their first matchup, they should collide in the in the second round, which is this weekend, which is crazy. I, ju- I was just talking about this. I was like, hold up. We're going to get this Kentucky-Arizona like Kentucky Arizona game like Saturday, which is wild. But as a Mavs fan, I'm watching that. One, I know where our record is. We might not get – you know, the first pick in the draft and DeAndre Ayton. But I'm looking at this Kentucky team that has Kevin Knox, which could be in that 8-10 to 10 range, 6-8 forward, score the basketball, wing, play the 3 and the 4. You can never have enough of them. I always preach that on this podcast. They have Gilgis Alexander, who's starting to rise up. Maybe not our type of guy. He's probably the late lottery type of guy, but he's been really balling lately. And if they can match up against Arizona with Alonzo Trier back for Arizona, they have DeAndre Ayton. That's the game. That's the game. that's the whole game of the weekend right there. So you want to watch that. Really, whenever DeAndre Ayton's on your TV, you need to watch it. Okay, if you can watch a DeAndre Ayton game, you need to watch it. He's that special of a player. So that's something I'm watching for. Obviously, if they advance farther in that region, uh, them playing a Virginia team, uh, Arizona, DeAndre Ayton and them, or even Kevin Knox in Kentucky, them playing a Virginia team like that, that's a game you want to watch. I'm a huge Lonnie Walker guy, so you you know that because if you read some of my pieces, so I had a piece that come out the other day, and I did my draft board for the Dallas Mavericks, my opinion on it, did a top 10 prospects. Lonnie Walker came in at 9 for me. I'm a huge Lonnie Walker believer. When I say huge, I have him in that, you know, I have him in that group of like a 9 to 12 type of guy to where if Dallas did, if Dallas was setting at like a 7th spot or 8th spot and Trey Young, Colin Sexton was the top prospects on the board and they want to trade back a little bit and gain an asset, then I think Lonnie, I think Lonnie Walker would fit next to Dennis Smith Jr. pretty well. So I like Lonnie Walker a lot. Miami's uh, the 6th seed in this region, so you get Lonnie Walker again. Uh, you, and you you could see a matchup with uh, with Miami and Tennessee in the second round, and that would be a fun matchup because Miami had some. Miami beat North Carolina on North Carolina Senior Night at the buzzer. But anyway, um, Carolina got the revenge in the ACC tournament. So anyway, but you could see them face each other in the second round, uh, Miami and Tennessee. If I'm a Mavs fan and the Mavericks do fall in that seven to ten. 10 range. I want to see Lonnie Walker, 6'10", wingspan, really kind of similar frame to Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Not as explosive, but he can get to the rim, can shoot the three. He has some crazy hair, which is awesome. And it's not like Alfred Payton. It doesn't like hang down over his face to where it like kind of distracts him, but it's pretty cool uh, type of hair and fans will love it wherever he goes. So you're looking at it and saying, well, Isaac, that's a lot of prospects in this region already. Well, Mo Bamba's in this region too. Mo Bamba and Texas are the 10th seed. They play Nevada, which is the 7th seed. This one's tough. Uh, I know Mo, I know Bamba's been dealing with a toe injury, so you're kind of looking at it saying, um, so will he play? I know he played the other day. If he doesn't play, obviously I, you don't really care about watching this game if you're a Mavs fan. If he does play, I'm watching it because uh, I really, really like Mo Pamba. 
and y'all pretty much know that, but I really like Mo Bamba. I really like his fit in Dallas. So <clears throat> they're a team to when you have a prospect like that, if he can take it to the next level, they're playing pretty well. Love their coach in Shaka. If they can beat this Nevada team, which is a good team, they it's going to be a good game. This is one of the this is a, one of the, probably a top five game I want to watch this weekend. If they can beat Nevada, they I think they have a shot and making a little run. Obviously, your dream matchup if you're a Mavericks fan, and it's a, it's a crazy one because you know Texas is a ten seed. If somehow Texas and Arizona can meet up in like later on, a few rounds later. Then you get DeAndre Ayton versus Mo Bamba. Every lottery team is just drooling over that matchup. So anyway, South Region, it is the most stacked with prospects. So if you see anything and you're like, oh, the South Region's playing, you probably need to turn it on if you're a Mavs fan. Because DeAndre Ayton, Lonnie Walker, Mo Bamba, uh, Kevin Knox, four guys that could very well go in the top 10, top 14 on draft night, uh, you want to watch them. Go across the board. Let's look at Villanova's side. Villanova is the second number one overall seed. As far as prospects-wise in the East region, if you're a Mavericks fan, there's not a ton to look at. Villanova, if you love Mikel Bridges, you really like him. I really like him. I think he would fit perfectly next to Dennis Smith Jr. going forward in the future. He is the ideal 3 and D guy. He's a senior uh, if you want to throw the age out there, go for it. I don't buy that crap because uh, he's like 21. Some people's like, ah, oh, he's 21. Is he too old? Some of these guys are 18, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Whatever floats your boat. I really like him. He shoots the ball really well. Villanova's, I mean, they could very well win the whole thing, uh, go to the Final Four. They should go to the Final Four. Uh, but anyway, you should get – he could be one of the last lottery prospects still left in the tournament uh, when it's all said and done towards the end. So Villanova, you always want to watch Villanova because you want to watch Bridges. And I test guys, just look at his wing, look how long his arms are when you watch the games, and you'll see his massive wingspan uh, for a wing guy. So watch Michael Bridges. Um Looking at Arkansas there, Daniel Gafford, he's been getting a lot of hype over the past week or so. He's a seven-footer, super athletic. He threw a windmill down on a breakaway, which was just like nuts, and you're like, what the crap are you doing? People shouldn't do that. He's rising up the draft boards really quick. So, yeah, if you want to watch him play, I don't know how much of a believer in Arkansas I am but or how long I'll have them in the tournament. But um, if you can, if Arkansas is on the TV as a Mavs fan, I'll take a look at it because if Dallas does um, decide to win a few games down the stretch and they finish with a pick in the eight to ten range, I really expect Gafford to really get a serious look up through there. And uh, if one of these, you know, obviously the Mavericks, Mavericks fan, Mavericks are hoping if they do fall in the spot, your obviously hope is for somebody to reach for a Colin Sexton or Trey Young, and then one of the other guys fall down to you. That's your hope. That's your dream. You go with it. But if not, let's say you land at nine and those guys are gone, then you could see somebody like a Daniel Gafford really getting um, some love there and some mock drafts and stuff like that. So watch the guy. He's a fun watch. Um, But really, there's one matchup. There's one matchup, one game. Hope it happens because we need some luck with the eighth or ninth seed. Alabama is the ninth seed. Up top in the East Reach, if they win, they should play Villanova in the second round as long as Villanova wins, which they should. Then you get 
Colin Sexton versus Mikel Bridges. They should put Bridges on Sexton. This is what you want to see as NBA guys. You want to see Bridges on some of these fast point guards because this is what he's going to be at the next level. Teams are going to be putting him on guys like this. I want to see this matchup. This is one of the top matchups I want to see. Make it happen. Avery Johnson, do your thing in Alabama. Mavs fans, go root for Avery Johnson. Um, I still like Avery. I don't care if you don't. But, um, yeah, root for that. That's the one matchup in that round. If there was a matchup in the first round, you know, I talked about Kansas and, or Arizona and Kentucky with the whole DeAndre Ayton uh, going against that Kentucky team. This is the this is the matchup in the second round. Looking, hoping to get the Bridges against Colin Sexton uh, defensively matchup in the second round. As a Mavs fan, you want to watch that. Can I take a drink real quick? Maybe I can put an ad right here. Okay, two regions left, and then I'll probably wrap it up um, before our guest tomorrow, which would be cool. Midwest region. Kansas is the top seed in that region. This has some loaded loaded teams in this region because Kansas is the top seed. Even though they don't have a prospect that's like top 10 worthy, they don't have Andrew Wiggins or Joel Embiid, something like that. It's the seeds after that that you start NBA fans start drooling over because you get Michigan State, the three seed. Obviously, we have Jaron Jackson Jr. and Miles Bridges. Okay, so I don't know this hype. The hype chain on Jaron Jackson Jr. is going out the off the rails. Okay, and it's deserved. Like I really like Jaron Jackson, so he could go anywhere from seven on up to probably like three. I don't. I I can't see him going over DeAndre Ayton or Luka Doncic right now. But that would be wild. But so anyway, Jaron Jackson, three to seven prospect. I mean, there's he, I, there's really nothing I can say bad about his game. He's he's great. I mean, he's a big man that can really do it all. His timing and instincts defensively is remarkable. And then you have Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges is is it's kind of hard to figure out if you want to be honest because he's like six 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 seven, uh, two hundred thirty something pounds, two fifty. He's kind of this, some people, I think the guys at One Shining Podcast though, down the Ringer Network, they're like, he's like Carmelo. He can play the three, the four, uh, offensive guy. How does he play defense? It's just, he's kind of a tweener. It's, it, he is a, he's an intriguing prospect. And so pretty much, I mean, when Michigan State's on the floor, like you, you want to watch it. Jaron Jackson could be a Maverick, very well could be a Maverick. If the Mavericks land in that 7 to 10 range, then Miles Bridges could be a Dallas Maverick. So you want to watch that. You want to see what that's about. Um, the two seed. Michigan State's the three seed. The two seed is Duke. And we know this. Marvin Bagley the third, Wendell Carter Jr. Two Duke guys, two Duke big men that I just watched them the other day. Carolina played them three times this year. Uh, the obvious home and away that we split every year. And then we played them in the ACC tournament, which <laughs> just needed to uh, – Carolina beat them. Um, anyway, just need to get that out there. But Marvin Bagley's just – I mean, he's insane. And people – okay, I'm, I'm not going to go down that train of the people who want to bash Bagley. But he's a special talent, and uh, I would be happy to have him in Dallas um, in that um, three to seven range, somewhere through there. 
But uh, Wendell Carter Jr. is rising up draft boards. Man, I seen the latest ESPN mock draft had Wendell Carter Jr. going above Michael Porter Jr. They had, I think, they had the Mavericks picking at seven, and they had Wendell Carter Jr. or Wendell uh, going at six to the Bulls, and Michael Porter Jr. going at seventh to the Mavericks. So. Yeah, I mean, people love Carter. There's this now, I feel like there's this debate on social media. Who's going to be the better pro prospect? Carter, Bagley, long-term. Bagley's the more athletic, you know, high-wire, high-jumping, all this stuff. Carter's the more poised, uh, more defined uh, positionally, everything like this. It's kind of two different prospects coming out of Duke, Two both big men around the same height. It's It will be something to watch. You, I like both of them. I definitely like Bagley a lot more than uh, than Wendell, but we'll see. As a Mavs fan, once again, if Duke, Michigan State's uh, playing on your TV, you want to watch it because there is a decent chance one of these guys. These are four prospects, and and they can very well meet. Obviously, if you you know anything about the brackets, they're the three. You know, Duke's the two seed, Michigan State's the three seed. They can very well meet, and that would be a massive game for all lottery teams. Really, everybody likes basketball just to see that matchup between the guys and uh, just to see how they play off each other and stuff like that. But the the region's not done because Oklahoma somehow got into this tournament. We do not know how, probably just because of the money factor and Trey Young. I don't know people want to see Trey Young play. But anyway, Oklahoma shouldn't have got in. But you do get to see Trey Young in the tournament. He is, uh, his height change really died down a lot over the past month or so. I, he was he was always kind of fun for me, but I was very vocal on this podcast that I do not want him in Dallas, anything like that. As a Mavs fan, you want him to go out here and kill it. You want him to kill it in round one and hope that they can uh, beat Rhode Island in round one because Oklahoma's a 10 seed, Rhode Island's a 7 seed. You hope he can come out and drop like 35 then beat Rhode Island, going to Duke. If you want to get even more antsy, you hope that he could he could beat uh, Duke because that would – I mean, then you just hope any team above the Mavericks is saying, oh, my gosh, we can't pass on Trey Young. And then there you go. You get a team you know, pick Trey Young and somebody like a Michael Porter Jr. or Marvin Bagley falls to Dallas at like, I don't know, six or seven. And you're like, all right, pretty happy with this. But anyway, so – yeah, roll of thumb. You want Colin Sexton and Trey Young to have killer tournaments. We, we as Mavs fans, you, we, we, we really don't want or need both of these guys to like flame out in round one and just have like horrible games and say see you later. That wouldn't be um, to our advantage. I'm done with the Midwest region um, matchup wise. Second round matchup, um, the one to watch over the weekend, Saturday or Sunday, would be Oklahoma and Duke if they can match up. Uh, to see Trey Young go against uh, a Bagley Carter front court holding down the paint, um, trying to stop him from getting into the paint, seeing what Young could do against a Duvall, a Trevon Duvall, who we thought going into the year could be a top 10 pick. Uh, would he be guarding Gary Trent, something like that? Uh, what uh, what Trey Young could do against them. So, But obviously we need Oklahoma to upset uh, Rhode Island first. Um, so obviously I'm just speaking all from a Mavs perspective right now of what we want to see. But that's the matchup. Duke-Oklahoma in that matchup. Last region. <laughs> the best region. North Carolina's region. But uh, this is Xavier is the top seed in the region. 
if you follow me on Twitter, you see me tweeting out some things about Xavier. I have a family connection to Xavier. One of the starters on the Xavier team is a family uh, to me. So, um, yeah, my stepdad, I'll explain it real quick. My stepdad, since I was like 10, his nephew, um, which I guess is, I don't know how you say it, uh, my, my cousin by marriage, if you want to say, I guess. Um, I don't even know how you define that. But anyway, I've known him since he was a little kid. He would always come in my driveway and we'd shoot basketball and all that stuff. He's the point guard for Xavier. And a uh, great kid, uh, Quentin Gooden, Q. He played at my high school, at Taylor County High School in Kentucky, and uh, just, you know, killed it. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, like, this guy's the next everything. And it's really cool to see him grow up and to see him do his thing. Uh, so, anyway, I'm rooting for Xavier. I want him to do well. Um, but, anyway, they're the top seed, in re- top seed in the West region. If you look directly underneath them, they get Missouri as the eighth seed. Um, Missouri – Obviously has the most, I want to say, intriguing, because I already used that word, uh, mysterious prospect in the whole tournament in Michael Porter Jr. We waited all year uh, to see what Michael Porter Jr. is going to be about. He had his back injury. I didn't think he was going to play. Probably shouldn't have played, but I don't know what to say about that. Um, But he came back the last, uh, Missouri's last game where they lost in the SEC tournament. Um, I know. I think he shot like five or seventeen. Shot seventeen shots in his first game back, which is wild. Uh, but anyway, if this is huge for him because he comes, this is going to be his first tournament game. Probably might be his only tournament game with his brother Jante, who has been playing really well for Missouri this year. If he can turn it on, and they have the potential to face this Xavier team in the in the in the second round, Xavier is. The weakest number one seed, it's safe to say that, uh, out of the four. But if he can turn it on and have have a massive game uh, in the first one, and then if they could somehow, he could lead them to an upset over Xavier in the second round. That would be huge. It would be huge for teams drafting the lottery. It would be huge for his draft stock. I think it could propel him into that. I already have him there. And I know that that's crazy to some, but I already have him at the two and three spot. So, and it, it is my prospects. But yeah, I, I think that would propel him up there. I'm rooting for him. I hope he does well. Let's hope we get that matchup. <clears throat> North Carolina gets a two seed in that region. Uh, they'll win that region and probably go through the final four. Just, just leave that out there. Uh, if I jinx it, then just I don't want to talk about anything ever again. But um, Robert Williams and Texas A&M land the seventh seed. <clears throat> and could match up with uh, North Carolina in the second round. Robert Williams, kind of like Miles Bridges, uh, was probably going to be a lottery pick last year. Big man at Texas A&M came back. Um, they're a seven seed now. If they're on the TV, I want to watch him, man, because I've only seen him like once or twice. Uh, like as far as watching him in a game, I, I need, he's one of the the prospects in the lottery I haven't watched a lot of, and I'll admit that. So, uh, only a couple games I've watched him play, but he's super athletic, uh, big. And once again, if worse comes to worse in Dallas, worse comes to worse on draft night, and Dallas is a ninth or you know tenth pick in the draft, then I could see him getting uh, some serious consideration with that. So, in the West region, the matchup I'm watching for, if I'm a Mavericks fan, is watching this Missouri p- potential Missouri Xavier matchup. So, looking back, there's four matchups in the second round, which is second round. First round will be Thursday and Friday. 
<clears throat> so check your um, ESPN, whatever you look at for the game times. Maybe see some different matchups, some some prospects you want to see. Maybe some guys that might not make it past the first round. But then Saturday and Sunday, you get the second round games. Those are the games these where you could have potential the four matchups. As a Mavs fan, I'm wanting to watch the most. That's Missouri against Xavier, Michael Porter Jr. against the number one seed Xavier Musketeers. That's the if you you want to see if Michael Porter Jr. can lead them in upsetting a number one seed in the Midwest region. I want Trey Young against the Duke guys, even though Trey Young might not be the perfect you know Maverick, and we don't. You know, I I personally don't you know want him in Dallas because of that fit with Dennis and all that stuff. Uh, I think he could be really. I think he'd be really good. I'm, it's nothing against him, but I want to see that matchup. I want to see Trey Young against Duke, and all of Duke's talent and everything they have. I want to see that matchup. As a Mavs fan, you should want you should want to watch that too. East region, it's an individual matchup. It is Colin Sexton, Mikhail Bridges, second round. We need Alabama and Avery Johnson to win that game uh, in the first round so they can match up with Villanova in the second round. So you want to watch Villanova and Alabama. And then going back up to the south region, it's the probably the game of the tournament this first weekend, in my opinion, will be Kentucky against Arizona. As long as Kentucky can get back and get past Davidson, kind of worried about that. But let's just say they get past Davidson. That could be an upset. DeAndre Ayton against this Kentucky team, this lengthy bunch of young guys that's just running around everywhere. But I know it's been weird. Uh, it's been weird for me because I'm just talking to a mic by myself. By myself. But uh, hopefully that kind of gives you – we have, a, like I said before, we have a ton of listeners. So the, I'm betting some of you out there are not really that plugged into college basketball. I know we have a lot of people outside of the country that listen to this podcast. And – you are you know what March Madness is about at least college basketball. Here, here is your brief guide uh, uh, as a Mavs fan. Some prospects to watch. It's crazy because we get all of these top prospects in the draft. It's too bad that obviously we don't get to see Luca do this uh, right now. Uh, Luca's kind of playoffs is later on, but in Europe. But anyway, we get this and this is super fun. This is this is the last time we're going to see some of these prospects play until they start doing pre-draft workouts. So. Tune in. It's going to be fun. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I, uh, I know, I th- think Nick might be taking a break from Twitter a little bit, but I'll definitely be on Twitter um, this week and uh, keep an update on some prospects and stuff. We're going to be covering uh, these top prospects and their games this weekend, especially this and big games and some different pulling some things out, how it could relate to the Mavericks. So I know you can go to Smoking Cuban. We're going to we have plans. We all all kinds of stuff that we're we did a series last year called the March Madness like watch series. It was a super big hit. People loved it. We're gonna bring it back this year. Do it again, and uh, just kind of preview and talk about uh, the prospects and some uh, things to watch for them and kind of recap their big games and stuff. So that's about it. I'm about to lose my voice. Uh, let me plug my Nerlens piece. It's gonna be coming out this week. Uh, Mavs.com. I'm pretty sure. Um, it's a lengthy piece. It's probably going to take you a bit to read. Um, but anyway, I'm pretty excited about it. We got him to open up a little bit more than normal. So, um, yeah, i not going to say too much more about it, but it's for Mavs.com. We talked about everything. We talked about his upcoming free agency. We talked about his relationship with Rick Carlisle. We talked about everything involving this year. And so 
Looking forward to it. Uh, follow me on Twitter if uh, at Isaac L Harris, and I'll I'll tweet it out there whenever it does go live. And it's sometime uh, later date, but uh, I'll keep you updated with that. Stay tuned these next few days. Like I said, um, a guest for tomorrow, uh, as long as everything works out tomorrow, and then uh, potentially another guest on Thursday. So uh, you'll definitely have a couple more podcasts to listen to this week. Uh, if you want to tweet at Nick and be like, hey, bro, thinking about you, can't wait to have you back, do that. Nick's a great guy, and um, I am thankful to do this podcast with him. Um, it's fun, and we enjoy it. Guys, I appreciate it. I thank you for listening to the podcast, and I'll see you soon. Peace out. Boom. Boom.